Bobby. What's going on, buddy? Happy 100th episode. Yeah, isn't that crazy? 100 episodes here now for the Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. Um, this was something that we discussed doing a while ago, starting the start the podcast. Yeah. Thanks to the Baltimore Ravens and the Minnesota Vikings two years ago, we, we were able to do this. And shout out to MGM Sportsbook for giving my man some free bets here so we could go ahead and get this done. Um, yeah, for those of you that don't know, uh, what funded all of this starting out was a de- de- degeneracy. The a, a free bet from Bet MGM during their sign up like promotion. You got four free fifty dollar bets. Um, I put a free fifty dollar wager on a same game parlay for the Ravens and the Vikings. Fucked around and hit it. Ended up won- winning sixteen hundred dollars. By far the biggest bet I've ever won. Um. That funded starting all of this out. So shout out to um, the Minnesota Vikings. Shout out to the Baltimore Ravens. And shout out to BetMGM. Also, shout out to you sticking through this for uh, 99 episodes with me. We had the one solo episode. <laughs> but the solo episode was good. The solo, I, I think I did okay. Yeah. Um, and then also, shout out to you guys for uh, sticking with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really appreciate you guys sticking with us through 100 episodes. Um, some have been good, some have been bad. I don't think they've, I don't think they've been bad, but some of, some have definitely been better than others. Can, can you give me a Can you give me a highlight? Well, like what What's the uh, What's the most memorable? This is the, we did not plan this, by the way. The most memorable episode moment, like a like a clip. Oh God, um, I know mine. What's yours? Hurricane Ziggy. That's probably mine too. That's, that's like that's like the one that really sticks out in my mind the most. Um, yeah, that was a fucking disaster. Um, I say probably between that and our and our live episode we did with the draft, the draft special. That was I was between those two as well. Yeah, those yeah. Are, those are probably the two most memorable episodes I, th- I think we've done. That draft um, special was so much fun. I was exhausted by the end. Oh, I was beat. I was exhausted. I came like right from work. I had a long ass day. Yeah, I was fucking beat. But God bless, was it fun? Yeah, yeah, it was. A, it was a great time. Um, April next year, probably be doing another one. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, yeah, hundred episodes. Here we are. It's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about. But how are you today? How was your week? What do you got going on this weekend? Let me hear it all. Week was fucking long, man. Of course, I was on vacation last week. So this was a long week. Yeah, so. Of course, whenever you come back from vacation to start work again, that always sucks. But this week, this week was just fucking long, dude. I'm not gonna lie. Wednesday, I was just standing at work. I'm like, oh god, it just feels like Monday right now. I know. I'm like, like one of my coworkers is like, don't say that. I'm like, you think I want to go back to Monday? Like, you think I want Monday over again? Fuck no. You. F- fuck you, Janice. Think I want to go back to Monday? You want one of no, these? But it just feels like we are. You want one of these? I'll- they're free. I got another one. <laughs> who doesn't who doesn't enjoy a good buy one get one? <laughs> right. Yeah, well, like she th- wouldn't be buying, she'd just be getting. You think you think I want to go back to Monday? Like right. we're halfway through this fucking thing. You think I want to go back? No. Right. No, this is just, I mean it was it was it was a long week. Um happy that the weekend is here. Um this weekend. Nothing really too crazy on on the schedule, Steph has a wedding tomorrow that I'll be driving her to. 
um, which is just in Ellicott City, so not too far. That's not bad. Um, for all you out there, tomorrow is also International Trading Card Day, so I'll be celebrating, I guess, in some way, shape, or form. There you go. Uh, but no, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. Just a just a pretty chill weekend. Not really getting any into anything too crazy. We might go see Barbie tomorrow. Not Oppenheimer. No, not Oppenheimer yet. She like, so her dad and her brother are gonna go see Oppenheimer tomorrow night. And we're thinking, okay, well we can go see Barbie during the day and then go see Oppenheimer later. Cause she's got to be there at the wedding at by eleven, eleven thirty, something like that. And she's got to be done by three thirty. I was gonna say, what time does she normally like? She scoot. Uh, it it just depends. It just depends from um, situation to situation. Okay. So she's gonna be done by three thirty tomorrow. Um. So she's like, yeah, we can go see Barbie and then go see Oppenheimer. But Oppenheimer's Oppenheimer's a fucking three hour movie. Good night. Yeah. And I like I like I know darn well that she's gonna fall asleep during Oppenheimer. And I told her that. Oh yeah. Like I like like I'd probably fall asleep during Oppenheimer. I think the longest movie I've seen in theaters was Forty Two. Oof! What was the longest movie I've seen in theaters? Because I think Forty Two. Forty Two is like a two hour movie. And it's two see. hours and some change. Forty Two. Forty Two runtime. Two hours and eight minutes total. Um. The longest movie I've seen in theaters. Probably Star Wars. Mm. Okay. Star Wars or... Maybe Endgame. Oh. Avengers Endgame. Those are probably the two longest movies I've seen in theaters. <sighs> Did I see Endgame? I think I may have seen Endgame in theaters. I saw Endgame my last day working in Ronald Mills. In Ronald Mills, thankfully. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think that how I don't know one of the one of the fast the Fast and Furious movie where Paul Walker like gets like shipped off. Saw that one. He doesn't really get shipped off, but well, he drives off into the sunset because he's dead. All right. Sure. <laughs> they're not really they're not shipping him off. <laughs> He's not going to a fucking war. I don't know. He might be like spiritual warfare. You know, he might be. He might be in the fucking trenches right now. You don't know. I, I fucking guess you so. don't know what's on the other side. But anyway, we're gonna go. We're, we're probably gonna go see Barbie tomorrow night. Nice. I've heard a lot about it. Have you heard anything about it? I've heard it's pretty funny. So I don't really know like the full extent. I don't even know if you're planning on fucking seeing it or not. I'd imagine. I'd imagine probably not. But. If you're, if you're planning on seeing Barbie, just go ahead and skip like the next, I don't know, like two minutes or so. I might be done. I might, I might keep going. Who knows? Um, check back in in two minutes. Yeah, check back in in two minutes and see, and see what the hell is going on. Um, but the whole thing the whole thing with Barbie is, so like Barbie has like a good day every fucking day, right? But Ken only has a good day when Barbie looks at him. So like, so like, so like Ken is completely reliant on Barbie to have a good day. Otherwise, it's like dark and fucking gloomy. So apparently, during the movie, Barbie tells Ken that she's not interested in him. So then Ken fucks around. That's a patriarchy, dude. I uh, I did see a TikTok that said Barbie is uh, Black Panther for white bitches, and he broke it down. 
basically Ken is like Michael B. Jordan, whereas Barbie is um Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Yeah. And like the whole like Ken's whole plan is like similar to like breaking down the like patriarchy and like implementing his own rules, whatever at like Michael B. Jordan was trying to do. Whole fucking breakdown. Basically Barbie is Black Panther for white bitches. That's it's, what this it, guy like, said. It's 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 like hysterical to think of it that way, but it, but it's pretty fucking true. It's kinda true. It's kinda like uh Star Wars and Harry Potter are the same. Yeah, that's that's like eerily that's like eerily similar. I've I've seen the fucking video about that. That's eerily similar. But like at the end of the movie, Ken realizes like I don't need Barbie to feel good about myself. So that's like how, that's so like I already know what it's fucking about. But it's like who who does who doesn't want to go see a movie with Ryan Reynolds and Margot Robbie? Yeah, I mean, uh, just you know, a little little positive words here. You don't need the approval and acceptance from others to be happy. Boom! Check that out. A little, life lesson. Little insp- little inspo quote. I think that was still within inside the two minutes, and nobody's gonna fucking hear that part. Yeah, yeah probably not. <laughs> that's that's Coach Holman coming out. Wow. Ziggy wants in. Sorry, bud. Not today. <laughs> I know we were just talking <laughs> this, about this, it. You this know, is an important episode today. I, I didn't think we needed to run it back. Um, man, but that's what's up, man. That's what's up. I know. Uh, I was listening to Colin Cowherd. He went and saw Oppenheimer. He lone woofed it. Um, went and saw Oppenheimer by himself. He said he was thinking about going to see Barbie by himself, and his wife told him, he's like, she's like, I, I don't think that's a good idea as a 50-year-old man going solo to a Barbie movie, probably with a bunch of teenage girls. She's no like, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. He goes, all right, make good points. <laughs> <laughs> Noted and accepted. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, I hear you, and uh, I receive that. I yeah. receive that information. Noted, accepted, and acknowledged. <laughs> I will wait for you. <laughs> he did say he's like he's gonna wait for wait for his wife, but he told he did say it. He said he was thinking about lone wolf and Barbie, um, and then his wife just was like, I eh, I don't know, I don't know if I do that. See, like I could justify lone wolfing Barbie myself because all I would do is I would just go to like a fucking matinee on like a Thursday. After I wake up from work, <laughs> the person behind the counter is gonna be like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> okay, <laughs> here's your ticket. As soon as you walk away, security, we got a creeper I'm going to <laughs> aisle number three. <laughs> so like, like I, I, I could justify doing it, but I really, I really, really want to go see Oppenheimer. Because mm. of course, like. If you know enough about American history, like if you paid attention to fucking social studies, you know what Oppenheimer's gonna be about. You gotta understand. Like like you like you know the whole fucking preface of Oppenheimer. If you don't know who fucking Oppenheimer is, he is the guy he is the brains behind the Manhattan Project. And if you don't know what that is, the Manhattan Project is what the United States did to develop the atomic bomb during World War Two. So the cool thing about it, for real, the cool the cool thing about it is, Christopher Nolan, the director of the movie, said that all of the explosions are real. None of them are CGI because because they said they don't they didn't want it to feel like exaggerated, like unnecessarily exaggerated. So every explosion you see in the movie is one hundred percent legitimately real. I love that. Right, which if you're simulating the the like the explosion of an atomic bomb. Like, I can't imagine how big that explosion is going to be. Yeah. 
So I'm excited for that. Yeah, that'll be good. That uh, that'll be good. I don't know what exactly I have planned this weekend. Sarah and I might go for a hike. Um, might to get uh, might get together with some friends. Go up to the baseball field. Take a little infield, infield outfield. There you go. Throw the baseball around a little bit. Just kind of get outside. Yeah. Disconnect for a little bit. There you go. Get back to uh, get back to the roots. I thought about maybe going to the Orioles game tomorrow. Mm. They're doing like a bobblehead giveaway, but nah. yeah, I gotta that, find my baseball cleats. I don't know where they are. That'll be too much. I just found my baseball glove. Really? Yeah, I was really really happy that I found it. Hmm. Yeah, I'd have to. Uh, I'd have. To, I have to find my baseball cleats. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Um, pretty low key weekend. Not a ton going on. Um. Got a lot coming up. Coaching starting next week. Yep. Exciting. Uh, tryouts first practice Wednesday. It's high school football in Carroll County. We don't cut anybody. Right. Um, unless, I guess, they're, like, threatening to, like, right. hurt other students. Then, like... Like the guy who from the fucking Titans who started, like, three fights and almost started the brawl and they cut him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... So with that said, coming up the next the next few episodes through the through the NFL season is going to look a little bit different. Um, we still got to figure out exactly how it's going how we're going to get it to work, but we won't be doing this side to side in the same room during the football season, as Holman will have his own shit going on. And yeah, I'll just be my schedule will be absolutely floored. Right. Um, working from seven to like one or two in the afternoon. Getting off, going to the school, getting ready for practice, practice from 3.30 to 5.30, getting off from that. That's right around the time that you're, uh, you know, you're getting ready to go down for a nap before work. Not long after that. Yeah. So it would be incredibly hard to squeeze in an episode before your nap time without disrupting that. Um, And then just also having some time to breathe right myself um and getting up at five o'clock in the morning to do it all again the next day well full character i've done it before yeah. um so we'll be fine um it'll be a lot of fun that all starts next week next tuesday i have a meeting i have um for coaching so there will be not not be an episode next tuesday yep. um we'll start we'll lead off with that um that's just like that meeting like falls in like an inconvenient time where like we could maybe get a, something of an episode in, but it would be rushed. It'd be forced. Right. You don't get the fun out of it. And right. that's no way to start off the new, uh, the new century of episodes. Right. It's no way. Interesting. New century of episodes. What? There's just the way that you phrased it. You're it's welcome. Just, it's just interesting. Thank you, I guess. You didn't have to thank me. <laughs> it was implied. No thanks necessary. Stop. Yeah, so with that said, maybe Friday episodes, because uh, high school football in Carroll County is on Friday nights. Friday episodes might not be a thing anymore. They might be might be recorded the day before or something like that, just whenever we, can, um, whenever we have the opportunity to go ahead and get it done. So maybe we record on different days and post on another day. Who knows? We'll just we'll get it all figured out. But content will be will still be coming along. For those of you who stuck through 100 episodes with us, there will still be more. Unfortunately for you guys, <laughs> unfortunately for you guys, right. yeah. Uh, doing this podcast just uh, it brings me a lot of joy. So I, I'm not I'm not willing to give it up. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, let's get into some topics here. Um, well, how about this? We were, we were just talking about baseball. Let's go ahead and keep rolling with that a little bit. Um, Tuesday, we were reporting that the Orioles were possibly in uh, in conversations with the White Sox for Dylan Cease. That deal never got done, but the Orioles did trade for Jack Flaherty. It's kind of a bit of a buzzer beater. There was like five minutes left on the trade deadline when they got this one. Uh, yep, when it finally got announced. Finally got announced. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure it was agreed in principle before that, but but when it was announced that there was, like you said, ten five minutes left before before the the six o'clock deadline. Yeah, six o'clock, not four. Um, but I know. So I was in my injury care and prevention class while this was happening, and uh, there was two guys next to me. Monday they were talking Orioles. Tuesday, they were talking to Orioles about the trade deadline. We had a break. Uh, the one guy went up to, I guess, go use the bathroom, whatever. And the one guy, was, the other guy was sitting there. So I asked him, I was like, I was like, hey, did you see the, uh, the Orioles snuck in and got uh, Flaherty, like right before the deadline? He goes, yeah. I'm like, okay, you're giving me a lot to work with here. I was like, yeah, uh, I think it was a pretty good deal uh, given what they gave up for him. Like, yeah. Yeah, all right, Marshall like, Lynch. Like, thanks, bud. Yeah, right. You're you're fucking riveting. Like this this has been absolutely just a joyous time. Um, so I was like, yeah, you know what they thank what they, thank you for wasting my time, dickhead. Right. What they gave up for Flaherty wasn't bad. They didn't give up any top thirty prospects. Um, I was like, I would have liked to seen them get Dylan Cease, but. I think they just wanted our entire farm system, which is unreasonable. He goes, "Yeah, like, all right, dude, like, like, yeah, like, what, like, what do you want me to, like, what do you want me to fucking say now at this point?" I'm just sparking like a casual conversation with you over a mutual interest. Like, you don't have to be a douche. I'll say this: neither one of them said anything halfway intelligent about baseball the four days we were in class. That's hysterical. That's hysterical. Uh, the one guy didn't want to give up any pieces of the farm system because our farm system's just so good. Farm systems don't win World Series. That's that that that's what the whole point of the farm system is. It's like it's it's not supposed to be bad, right? And right. Like if if it's too good, all thirty of those fucking players, they're not even going to be on the fucking team together because Rasha's twenty five guys anyway. So. He's like, God, I didn't want us to give up anybody. You know, our farm system's so damn good. I'm like, that doesn't win World Series. No, definitely not. But a move for Jack Flaherty. This is something. This is something that can get a World Series uh, title one. Uh, I will say this about the trade. Um, there were people who were so. Look, I think I said this Tuesday. I don't give a fuck what it's called now. It's still Twitter to me. <laughs> Fair. Still fucking Twitter. I don't know what the hell you call tweets. Um, I'm not calling them X videos because if you know what, you, if, if if you know, you know. So look, they're fucking tweets, okay? They're tweets. It's Twitter, okay? <laughs> okay, I'm look, with you, you. You know that was you know that I'm, was the thing on I'm Twitter. Real, yeah, I'm reeling it back in. Okay, right? I, yeah. If you know, you know. If you don't know, I'm not gonna fucking explain it. Just fucking look it up, right, okay? Re- don't. Regardless, <laughs> do not look yeah. it up. <laughs> don't. Yeah, don't look it up. Um, regardless, there were people who were discussing the trade, and of course, like like you said, we gave up three guys. I think we did give up a top thirty guy. One. Was he a top thirty? 
Yeah. I don't think he was. Um, It was a guy from Cuba. Let's see the Jack Flaherty trade. I don't think you're doing this on your phone instead of the laptop right in front of well, you. Well, I I, ha- I have the, the, the stats from yesterday up. <laughs> you can open a new tab. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Two days ago, uh, Cesar Patero. Yeah, no, we, we gave up two top 30 guys because Drew Rahm was a top 30. Was he? Yeah. I looked and I didn't see him on there. Well, you ain't going to see him now. Well, I know that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm now. See, now you fucking force my hand. <laughs> uh, St. Louis. Uh, Preto is number nine in their system, and Rom is twenty six. Drew Rom, they Drew Rom, they actually have at the MLB level right now. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they were in our top thirty. Prado was, like we know for a fact. Uh, I, I'm almost a hundred percent positive he was. Um, I didn't see any. I don't remember seeing him in there. I'll I'll just say that. There's no way to go back and find it. I would have to search through <laughs> hundreds of tweets. Uh, Jack. 14. He was number 14? Yes. According to Baseball America. Interesting. I remember looking. I didn't see him on there. And Rom was uh, 16. And in the deal, they also gave up a pitching prospect. Look, not related, at least as, as far as as far as what I've uh, seen. Uh, give up pitching prospect Zach Zach Showalter, yeah, who was a late round pick last year, which is kind of, I guess I guess was kind of like a sweetener to the deal. Uh, not related to Buck, who's making his return to Camden Yards tonight. Um, anyway, the 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 main point of what of what I was getting across was there were a lot of people who were up in arms that we gave up two prospects inside the top thirty. Interesting. Maybe I'm the idiot. Can you imagine the outcry if people if we gave up a prospect inside of our top ten? <laughs> like people, like people gotta chill the fuck out. Like, de- like, like we're de- we're developing players like with this talent for this specific reason. Yes. For this exact fucking reason. So, uh, Prito, I don't even know how you pronounce his name. He's an inf- infield prospect from Cuba. And then Drew Rahm is a left-handed pitcher. So Drew Rahm is already at the MLB level right now with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And uh, Preto, he's um, right now at AAA, projected to be there by next year. Both guys were performing really, really well um, in the farm system. So making the deal for Flaherty, really, really looking on paper. Yesterday, Jack Flaherty made his debut for the Orioles against the Toronto Blue Jays. Six innings, one earned run. Two walks, eight strikeouts, on ninety-two pitches. Yeah, he had uh, he had a hell of a first outing. Um, he gave up a walk and a hit. First two batters retired eighteen straight. Yeah, he not he, eighteen because that would be that would be six innings worth of worth of uh, work. I think he d- retired sixteen straight batters after that. He definitely uh, he definitely settled in. A lot of the guys that were that were moved 
had good outings. Um, Michael Lorenzen had a good outing for the Phillies. So did Scherzer. Scherzer got teed off on the first inning, dialed in, had a good outing. Got the win. Yeah, he gave up like three. It's not too, It's not hateful. No. Um, I know people were saying like, oh, good thing the Orioles didn't trade for Dylan Cease. He, got, he gave up seven runs or some shit and like... His first outing right after the trade deadline, but like 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 on the on the on the same coin of that, there were so many rumors that he was going to be moved, and the fact that he wasn't moved, I'm sure that was kind of a shock to him, and he was probably still. Well, and some people were like, "Oh, good thing the Orioles didn't trade." Like that would have been that would have been that. It's like what he would have faced an entirely different team, an entirely different team. Yeah, and he wouldn't start the day after the trade deadline. Right. Right. So. Now with having Jack Flaherty, that gives us another guy who's a borderline, a borderline ace. To now, I think I th- I think it's safe to say. Hold on a fucking second. Put on the, one hand. Put on a little too tight. I just couldn't unscrew it with one hand. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, I think I think that now puts I, that gives us a guy who has the possibility to be like an ace level type pitcher again because last time he played a full healthy season was in 2019 and Jack Flaherty was fourth in the NL Cy Young. So when he's on top of his game, he's on top of his fucking shit. Yeah. Um, gives us another guy behind I think Bradish who I think is emerging as a as an ace for the Orioles um, that we can rely on. Um. Really excited to have Jack Flaherty here. His so so his, his velocity has been hovering around at the ninety four ninety five for his four seam throughout the entire season. Uh, he was getting it up to around ninety eight yesterday. Man was juiced. Now, of course, when he when when he was throwing ninety eight, he had first and third with one out, bases loaded with one out. So like the adrenaline was fucking pumping. Yeah. Right. So, um. But yeah, great outing by Jack Flaherty. Great outing by the Orioles yesterday, winning six to one over the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, they're saying he's the player, to the, player of the game. In addition to Austin Hayes, although I think the real player of the game should be Ryan Mountcastle, who went eleven for fourteen against the Toronto Blue Jays in the four game set. Also, you know it's crazy. I this is this is the the wildest thing I've ever heard. I think Reno put it in our group chat as well. In the four game set. Ryan Mountcastle had 11 hits. The Toronto Blue Jays at 14. Damn. Batting 866 is the best record, is the best mark in not Orioles history, but organization history. Damn. That's stemming all the way back to the days of the Cardinals. Right. Best four-game stretch in organization history. Yeah, I mean, we went three and one against uh, Toronto. That was huge. Um, and surprisingly enough, the game that we lost Wednesday was the first game that we had lost at Rogers Center all season. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, we have now officially won the series. Uh, season series against them and the Yankees now. And the Yankees, and we've almost we've we've all but locked up the Rays. Uh, the Rays have to sweep us. In another four-game set, right? To, I, I guess tie, maybe win. Yeah, I think they have to sweep us to win the series set. Um, Boston, we haven't really played a whole lot. We played them a lot on the back stretch of the season. Yes. Um. So that's still up in the air right now. We're, but I believe we're leading the season series for them. Yeah. 
Um, one big thing that did happen on the MLB uh, trade deadline is the Dodgers had a deal in to the Detroit Tigers for Eduardo Rodriguez. Eduardo Rodriguez has a no trade clause. A ten, tr- a ten team, a ten team no trade clause. The Dodgers are included on that list. You know who was not? Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles. Who Ed, who Eduardo Rodriguez actually told the Tigers front office that if you trade me, these three teams are my preferences, and Baltimore was one of his teams. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, I could cry. Yeah, I mean, if, if we were if we were able to get Eduardo Rodriguez and Jack Flaherty as well, that would kind of put the team in, into a tough position because who who do you move to the pen down, then at that point? Kramer's pitching really well. Yeah, Gibson's pitching really well. Yeah, you can't put Grayson in the pen because he. I think that would. That's just like a. Because Grayson's not a bullpen pitcher. No, you would have to get one of them guys and then a reliever somewhere else. You couldn't have both. Maybe you could put Jack Flaherty in the pen, but like you also really don't want to do that either. Right. Like why give up? Why give up two prospects in your top thirty just to put a starting pitcher into the pen? I'm still just blown away by that that two in the top thirty because I fucking looked and I did not see them. Yeah, yeah, top thirty prospects. Interesting. Yeah. MLB.com let me let me down because I know that I looked and I'm like they're not on here unless they fucking they literally had that shit off in the first like ten seconds after the trade. They probably did. <laughs> like I, like they I looked did. it up and I was like, oh shit, who we give up? So I went to the pipeline. I'm like, okay, I don't see anybody. Damn, we get we didn't give up any top thirty prospects. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Orioles are taking on the New York Mets tonight in Camden Yards. Buck Showalter is returning to Camden Yards for the first time since being let go from the team right back when we started the rebuild. Made a good choice. Yeah, made a good made a good choice long term. Uh, Brandon Hyde is probably going to win Manager of the Year for the American League this year. Should uh, should have won it last year. Should have won it last year. But yeah, yeah, there's 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 no way he doesn't win it this year. Um, also, in other news, I won $180 spent on the Orioles yesterday. You sure as tits did. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. Um, Fanatic Sportsbook is... So, so Fanatic's the um, the huge sportswear apparel uh, conglomerate, monopoly, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, like any anything team apparel related, that you're going to, you're going to Fanatic's to get that. Um Started their own sports book, um, Tennessee, Ohio, Maryland, and another and another state, um, all have like beta access is like the wrong word, but like, kind of like first access to it. Okay. Um, for the for those in state residents, you also get two hundred thousand free bets if you place a five dollar bet. Hmm. Well, I said, eh, well, I'll do ten dollars and put it on the Orioles game yesterday, and I won. Can't beat it. No, not at all. So not only did you win $180, but now you have free bets. $200 in free bets. I got one tonight for home run hitters, uh, Byron Buxton, Pete Alonzo, and Juan Soto. So pray for your boy. $20 bet. I think it's like two grand. You'll Is be that... buying the next podcast equipment. Fuck yeah, well. That'd be really cool. Two grand for uh, on, a fr- on free bets. That would be sick. You just have to one-up me, huh? I would. I'm going to look. I have all like I was going to bet on Otani and Freddie Freeman to hit home runs last night, and I decided not to. Go figure. They fucking did. That's the worst. I know. I know. I was so upset. I'm like, you gotta be. You gotta be shitting me. 
That's the worst is when you put together like a little parlay, like just a little something, and you're like, all right, this, this, and this. You second guess yourself. You're like, nah, nah. You don't do it. That happens. That'll hit. Yeah. Like yesterday, yesterday I, I wanted to throw Gunner on there to hit a home run. Just because the odds are like so crazy for it. But I'm like, no. Be fucking realistic. So yesterday I bet on the Orioles money line. I bet on Jack Flaherty over five and a half strikeouts. He finished with eight. I bet on Kevin Gaussman under seven and a half. He only had seven. That was a fucking money bet right there. Yee. No, he had six. How many did he have? Gaussman had six Ks. Um, the really encouraging part for for that was the Orioles made him throw 47 pitches in the second inning. <laughs> so, so he was at 105 by the time they pulled him at four and two-thirds. Yeah. So he wasn't making it to five. No. So I was, I'm just like we had we had a man on, a man on, and he he had five strikeouts at this point, man on nobody out. I'm like I'm thinking to myself, just my luck. He's gonna strike out the side. Get out of this. He was still at half seven. He had five at the time. Yeah, did no you outs. Say there was, oh, I thought you said there was one out, one no, on, one no out. Outs. No one on, no out. Uh, yeah, um, that'll, that'll fuck you over. And. uh... First, first player to the plate was uh, McKenna. Three pitches. Sat him down. I'm like, fuck. All right, here we go. But but luckily, they, um, I think, who was after McKenna? Adley came up, punched the single. So I had Adley over one and a half bases and Ryan Mountcastle over one and a half bases as well. Nice. Um. Uh, Mountie went four for four. Adley had two hits, so it all works out there. Yeah. So now definitely, definitely, definitely feels good to get back on the horse with some with a with a sports bet. Now I got the you got the the itch again. I got the juices flowing. Confidence is like way too fucking high. <laughs> it's about to be dangerous. So yeah, Orioles taking on the Mets tonight should be a good series. Would have been a better series if Scherzer and Verlander was still in the Mets. Both got dealt, of course. Um, I believe uh, Verlander's making his uh, return to the Astros tonight. Oh, okay. I believe. I can I can double-check that, but um, I believe that's what's happening tonight. Of course, like we said, Scherzer pitched, yes- pitched yesterday. Um, no, he's not pitching today. Hunter Brown is pitching for the... Oh, I should have bet on the... Damn. Verlander's pitching tomorrow. I should have bet on um somebody from Houston to hit a uh, home run because Severino's on the bump. Mm. For New York. Well, here we just teed off on him in his last outing, so he's probably going to lock in. We've teed off on him twice this year. Well, yeah. But we just got done teeing off on him. He's probably going to lock in and pitch a pretty damn good game. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on. We got one quick piece in college football. Um, big news came out today. Um, Oregon and Washington are set to join the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, so so this is all stemming from UCLA and USC both agreeing to join the Big Ten. I think this is last year they they agreed to do it, like in the in the middle of the college football season. Mm-hmm. They're expected to join. Um, I already I already had it. No, no. Okay. Um, they're expected to 
um, join the same time as USC and UCLA by the 2024 season. This mm-hmm. will now give the Big Ten 18 teams, mm-hmm. and this will trim the Big the Pac Pac 12 down to seven. <laughs> so I think this is probably the final death blow to the Pac to the Pac 12. Oh yeah. Because I think the best, I mean, the best team left out there is now Utah, but they're like, they weren't getting a lot of national attention to begin with just because they all start so late. You know, Saturday, Saturday nights, there's not a lot of people who are going to be sitting around saying, okay, let me go ahead and watch a uh, Utah and Arizona State football game. Yeah, those teams are probably going to end up being uh, just kind of like, they're probably going to go to the Big 12, Utah and Arizona <laughs> State. Um, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, what I would do is I would try and like poach like smaller teams. Excuse so me. like, so like, maybe get rid of all the like. It's Power Five and like like the mid major conferences, mm-hmm. and just like five monster conferences. That's what I would try to do. I think I think that's what that that's what would work best is I would give other teams who don't have like. The uh, the profit share like other conferences that don't have profit shares that that would get their numbers higher, that would give other teams more of an opportunity to play on TV, so on and so forth. So I think that's probably the smartest move for the Pac-12. Um, I think it's interesting that the Big Ten is adding so many West Coast teams. It's going to make things a little bit harder. Colin Coward actually brought up a pretty good point about this. Okay. Um, they can monopolize Saturday. Oh yeah, like you got. Maryland and Pence, or you got like you got you know the East Coast time slot. You got that big noon. You got the late, you know, the four o'clock games, whatever. Yeah. You got the seven o'clock games, and now you have the ten, eleven o'clock, games. and you have the ten and eleven o'clock games. Yeah, you know, if you have um, Michigan going out to USC, play at a ten o'clock game. Boom! There you go. That that time slot is yours. People will tune in to see a game like that, right? If you ha- if you have a guy such as like, like like if if you if you want to see like two really good quarterbacks getting ready to play, Michael Penix traveling out to Maryland, they'll both be in the they'll both be declared by the NFL by next season, so that won't be happening. But hypothetically, you can have those two guys taking taking on each other in College Park this season, and then you're like, okay, wow, two young electric quarterbacks who. Both have the skills to be a, top, a, a first round pick and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So yeah, you have Oregon come in and play Ohio State at the shoe. Yeah, to to Se- seven o'clock game, night game, massive brands in college football. That's Boom. that's already going to draw people. That seven o'clock slot that is yours. You got Penn State taking on. Um, trying to think of another big name in in the uh, in the Big Ten. There. Well, let's take Wisconsin. Yeah, I think, I think those are probably the next two big names. Yeah, um, UCLA, whatever. They're, Penn State, UCLA at the four o'clock slot. Right. Like, like what? Like they're going to monopolize all of Saturday. Whereas like Oklahoma and Texas going to um, the SEC, that's so regional. Right. That like you're only going to get a handful of time slots, and they're always going to be competing against each other. This like they're going to have teams on the East Coast. All the way across the country to the West Coast, and they can monopolize every single time slot for college football. So now let me ask let me ask you this. Do you think this is something that's good for college football or do you think it's bad for college football? 
Um, because like so so like for example, I was not a huge fan of Maryland joining the Big Ten initially. Maryland, like Maryland and the ACC, they're so synonymous, right? Um, well, that just makes sense because Maryland. Let's just face it; it's not a football school. Right, right. Like, like they're lacrosse and basketball. Right. They're they're so they're so reliant on the success of those two sports. The only reason why they jumped to the Big Ten is because now, when it comes to like when it comes to the cash grab of of college athletics football, they can mm-hmm. say, okay, look. We're going to be competing against Big Ten, other Big Ten schools, NFL talent. You're going to be on TV all the time, yada yada yada. So, uh, so I get it, and of course, of course, the profit share is so significantly more. Oh yeah, because you you know you have you have teams like Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State. You have all those teams who there's such a huge fandom surrounding those schools. Oh yeah. That ev- like they're selling out game after game after game after game. Mm-hmm. So now the profit share is higher. So it made so that made sense on the surface. And plus it's it's somewhat regional. It's not it's not too far it's not too far off base. No. You know I mean Penn State's in, of course in fucking Pennsylvania. Maryland's just a, what 2 hour 2 3 hour drive south. Oh it's further than that. Isn't it? Oh yeah. It it would probably be like a six hour drive from Penn State to Maryland. There's like two and a half hours from Hanover to Happy Valley. Really? Yeah, because it's like back roads to get there. Huh. I've been to Penn State once. I was younger. I didn't really pay attention to how long the drive was. Um. Been interesting. Yeah. It. It. Dude. It's. It's probably further than you think. It's. It. Maybe not six. Maybe like four or five. Mm. Okay. They're also going to be in coach buses. So. Right. I'm trying to take that into, but I mean, I mean, regardless, you know, it's 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 still regional, right? So like, the, like that all makes sense. But adding teams that are on the West Coast, yeah, it's you know, it's 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 questionable. Now, granted, you know, when it comes to the when it comes to the Pac-12 teams, they're adding the four best, the four biggest markets in the West Coast. They're adding. That's true for college football. So the profit share is only going to get higher. Um. But I don't know. I just feel like, like you said, like like you said, that would, like what Colin Coward was saying. I feel like they're just going to try and they're trying to monopolize. It's about three and a half hours from uh, State College to College Park. That's not awful. Uh, I, once again, add a half hour if you're in a coach bus. Add a half hour, you're probably looking yeah, f- almost four hours, which isn't bad. No, not hateful. No. Um. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting that it's happening. Um, I don't really know if it's good or if it's bad for college football. So I'll say this: I think it's good because get me out of these first three games of the season being fucking chalk up wins, warm up games against lesser schools that like everybody just comes out and you want to play. Georgia Tech A&M of Southern Mississippi week one that you know you're going to beat 74 nothing. I don't give a shit about that game. Right. Get them out of here. Let's load up the conferences and let's play some damn football. So now so okay so now you're now you're looking at um they're going to still stick with probably two divisions. Uh, it's nine teams per division if you if you if you divvy it up correctly. 
Yes. Um. So what you're playing eight conference games at minimum. Mm-hmm. Maybe make it a tenth. You play a team from another conference. So you have two out of conference games. Yeah. I'm fine. No, it's no. It, it, in that regard, it is good. It like it, it makes the competition much better because you know, like we were talking about with fucking um with Jim Harbaugh possibly getting suspended from mm-hmm. from Michigan for three games. Yeah. All or four games. All he's doing is missing the first three non-conference games, which they schedule cupcakes to begin with anyway. True. Yeah, so I, I'm looking at it here. Um, Big Ten East, Big Ten West. You'd have to move a couple teams over to the Big Ten East. Let me give me a second. I want to look from the Big Ten West. I want to look at this with you, just so I can give my two cents too. Hold on. Since you're you're about to become an SEC guy, I'm a Big Ten guy. Standings. I'm getting there. <laughs> give me a fucking second. Come on. Ooh. I know. I'm trying. Sorry. Big Ten. Okay. Yeah, so the East, you have Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Maryland, Penn State, and Indiana. Definitely the tougher division. Yeah. Yeah, no no doubt in my mind. Um, obviously, you're moving you're moving Illinois over. Yeah, you have to move Illinois over. I think you're going to move Northwestern over. Uh-huh. Um, I think you move Purdue. I would probably move Purdue. So we said Illinois, Purdue, Northwestern. Mm-hmm. I think you'd have to do Iowa. I think Iowa makes the most sense too. Yeah, because Nebraska definitely is right now. They're the furthest west. Well, hold on. So no, they would have to move. I'm trying to think here. So obviously they're adding four, right? But you can't just move four teams from the west to the east. Then the East is going to be much larger than the West. So you're adding four teams total. There's already they're already at fourteen. Nine teams per. So there's already one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you really have to move two. Okay. So Illinois, Northwestern probably. Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue. One of those three. I I, I don't I don't know the geography, but one of those three would definitely have to be moved. Yeah. Or you know, I I guess I guess it really depends. Cause isn't Illinois further east than Indiana is? Isn't it Illinois, Indiana? I'm not good at geometry. Yeah, I don't know my shapes that well. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's 14. There's seven each right now. Um, yeah, you would move two teams over. So um, Illinois, no, Indiana, Indiana's further. Then. Okay, so Northwestern. Yeah. Or, yeah. Northwestern and uh, Illinois are moving over to the Big Ten East, uh, making room for USC, UCLA. You know what? You know what I think you could you could do honestly also to maybe make it a little bit more competitive instead of taking Northwestern, maybe take Wisconsin. And move them. Because, so so the West is already going to be competitive enough when you have UCLA, Oregon, USC, and Washington. 
those are four teams that are going to be competing for top 25 spots year in and year out regardless. Mm-hmm. Illinois can, Wisconsin can, Iowa can. Nebraska will. Matt Rule is going to turn Nebraska around. I'm calling that now. Give it three years. Nebraska will be a top 25 team again. Sure. It, the proof's in the pudding. Yeah. He did it at Temple. He did it at TCU. He did it at Baylor. Baylor. He did it. He did it. Did it at Temple. Did it at Baylor. He's going to do it at Nebraska. That's that's out of the question. And then if you look at the East, you have Michigan, who's a top twenty-five team. Mi- scratch that. Michigan's a top five team. Yes. Ohio State's a top five team, and Penn State's a top ten team. Yes. So I I think I so if you're going to have so there's the three teams that are ranked all the time. I think if you add in. If you add Wisconsin over Northwestern, that gives you four teams that are going to be continuously ranked. I think I think that's the better disparity of talent. With that said, Michigan State's a very, very well-coached team. They're just not what they were right now. Yeah, they've lost a lot of talent going well, into the draft. It, it, yeah, it also helps after Mark D'Antonio left. Yes. Um, Maryland's on the up. Mike Loxley actually has the program in a direction. They're moving forward. Yeah, they're they're in a they're in a very solid forward direction. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens when Talia leaves next year? I don't know. That's neither here nor there. But of course, Michigan's always going to come prepared. Ohio State's always going to be prepared, and Penn State's always going to be prepared. Oh yeah, because you. I think you. I think the only you can maybe name maybe five schools that are better than those three. Like brand wise in the entire country, I think you can only name like five teams: Bama, Georgia, probably LSU, yeah, um, Clemson. I think I think Clemson's bigger than Penn State, but not bigger than Ohio State or Michigan. True. Um, I think Ohio State might be the biggest brand in college football. Texas and USC are up there. I mean, not trying to be biased. Uh, Oklahoma's up there. They have they have the track record. It'll, it de- depending on what Brent Venables does this year, I they can't be worse than last year. No, they're gonna be okay this year. Look, everybody's like everybody like shits on them because they're like, look what Lincoln Riley did at USC. Look how great he was. He turned that program around in one year. And Brent Venables didn't. Brent Venables walked into a situation where he lost his head coach, damn near his entire coaching staff. And his Heisman winning quarterback. Yeah. Like, Lincoln Riley, you took all of that with you. Yeah. Brand Venables, another year. He's a defensive guy. He's getting his defensive recruits in there. Oklahoma's going to be much better this season. Yeah, I think... So, I, I think you could put... So, Bama, LSU, Georgia, Ohio State... Michigan. I think those are probably your five biggest brands in college football. I think you could throw Texas into that too. That's why I said Texas, Oklahoma, and USC. Like I think so on that second tier, then I think you can put Oklahoma, Penn State, USC. I think they're on like that second tier and Clemson. I, th- Clemson. I think you could, I think you could put those teams on that second tier. Where does Miami fa- fall into this? Because they were like they were fucking it. Depends on what Mario Cristobal can do this year. It's fair. Oregon's another big brand. Yeah, uh, we'll have to see what Mark Hel- Mark Helfrich, 
What the fuck's that? I'm drawing name? a blank on his name. What is that coach's name? Where do I know the name? Where do you think? Where Where would you throw them at? That's a, That's a national team. No matter where you go, they got a big brand. I think if uh, Brian Kelly would. Um, Mario Cristobal. No. No, he left from Oregon to yes, go. Yes, he did. Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning. He's their head coach right now. Hmm. So. Cheese. <laughs> so, um, how do you think the SEC shapes up? Like, how do you think they organize with... Oklahoma and Texas going over there because they're east to west as well. Obviously, Oklahoma and Texas are going to be west of every other team in, um, not every other other than Texas A and M. Let's take a look. So, so real, so realistically, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, fourteen teams. You're adding on two more, so you'd have to take one team from the west, move it east, right? Yeah. So let's see. I think the teams that make the most sense to move are going to be Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. I think those are the teams that make the most sense. Um, and you know, the SEC is kind of the same way. So Florida's a top, Florida's a team that can be in the top twenty-five all the time. Uh, Georgia, you know, we were just talking about them top five team. I think South Carolina's going to be a top twenty-five team this year. I think Spencer Riley's actually going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, Tennessee's going to be a top ten team this year. Joe Milton's probably going to be the next Anthony Richardson this up in this upcoming draft. Um, so, you, uh, so you know, you have four teams that are going to be really, really good over there. I think. I think the Kentucky has a potential to be pretty good too. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, for the West, you know, you have Alabama, Ole Miss, LSU. Those are really your th- and A and M. I'm so back and fucking forth on. Because they get the recruits, but they just don't execute. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm out on them. Like like on paper, they look like they're one of the best teams in the country, but like until they go out there and play like they are, it, it's just so hard for me to put them any like put them anywhere else. They're like the Browns. They win the they win on paper every preseason. Right. They do nothing with it. Right. So I I I think probably the best thing to do is since you're adding on two teams that are going to be, um, realistically they're both I think right now as it sits in the Big Twelve, I think they're I think Texas and Oklahoma maybe more so Oklahoma than Texas I think that they're like top twenty, top twenty five for sure I think Oklahoma's more of top fifteen. The last time, well, brand wise probably the last time I saw any sort of rankings. Um, Which for, of course are, are not official yet. The right. the preseason rankings have not been released. I um, think I think they're released in the next week. Yeah, I saw one that like had Texas as like number eleven and Oklahoma wasn't even ranked. Okay, so maybe so maybe I'm wrong. What whatever like however they had um have had it ranked, but we'll see. Yeah, that's fine. We don't have to start the season ranked. Right, we'll work our way in there. Right. Um. But yeah, I I think I think you would probably have to take a team like either Mississippi State or Ole Miss, maybe Arkansas, and move them to the east. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can add in uh, Texas and Oklahoma to the west. Yeah, and the good thing about um, the good thing about the SEC is they do play like cross conference, right? 
like the East does play some of the West, vice versa, like right. Which is how we ended up with Tennessee versus Alabama last year. Yeah. We'll end up with it again. There was a schedule released. Um, I think I did screenshot it. Um, for Oklahoma when they make their way over. Um, I gotta find it. Yeah, because like all those schedules, like who they're playing, they're, like they're, that's established three years in advance. Yeah. Um, I may have deleted the screenshot because like like all the like all the smaller schools that these teams play, they're paid years in advance to prepare to play these teams. Oh yeah. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Shoot, it's not on here. Shoot. Um. Yeah, Oklahoma. They had a they had a pretty tough schedule from what I saw when they were okay. when they were going over to. The SEC. Um, okay, this is so. So this is this is according to CBS. Their preseason top twenty-five. Really, their their preseason top, their preseason one thirty-three. So they ranked every single team. So right now it's Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, LSU. That's one through four. Alabama, USC, Penn State, Florida State, Clemson, and Washington rounds out your top ten. Texas, Utah, Tennessee, Oregon, and Notre Dame. Kansas State, TCU, Oregon State, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Tulane, Texas Tech, A&M, and Iowa. That's your top 25 here for this upcoming season. So very interesting. Let's see where they have Oklahoma ranked at in this. 26. So right so right off the top 25. <laughs> um... Let's see. Where do they have Maryland at? They have Maryland at number 33. That's interesting. Um, Damn. Sooners in the fall of 2024, they will be home against Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas. They will play on the road at Auburn, LSU, Missouri, and Ole Miss. First year in the SEC. I hate to say it, they've like, because like in the Big Twelve, it's so offensive dominated, right? But in the SEC, you got to come correct with both. <laughs> yeah, you you got to come right. Uh, the good news is, I'm, I'm I'm not going to lie. Come 2024, there's a very legitimate chance Oklahoma could go own eight in the SEC. It could be a bit of a culture shock. It, it, they it, could go zero and eight in the SEC. It, I like like I don't I don't think they will. Of course, they'll probably win a game or two in the SEC, maybe more. But they're playing some really really good tough opponents. The good news is is we have a lot of good recruits coming up, defensive included. Like I said, Brett Venables is bringing a lot of good rec- defensive recruits in. Um, we have a five star recruited quarterback coming up um, after Dylan Gabriel. I think we're gonna be okay. It's gonna be a little bit of a culture shock. I think I think they're gonna get their their bell rung a few a few times. Uh, joining the SEC, they're gonna be like, damn. All right, they play a men's game over here. All right, we gotta we gotta buckle up. Let's see this season. This season alone, Oklahoma's walking out with the fifteenth best uh, best recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Fifteen. So let's see. They got they're bringing in one five star prospect. 
believe it's a quarterback. Let us see. Running back. Is it running back? No. Lied. Uh huh. Interesting. I don't see him. Oh my god. What? Nothing. Uh nothing. I can't talk about it right now. Alright. <laughs> cool. What the fuck? Um it well, does not say. This was a guy I think they had him from last year's recruiting class. Like I think So their their best prospect that they just committed is Taylor Tatum. He's a Check running... the twenty twenty three. Oh, this is 2024. What the fuck? <laughs> Did you see that? No, I didn't. I I try not to. I tried. I try not to look. Uh, edge rusher. No, okay, so they have Jackson Arnold, quarterback. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Actually, I've uh, seen. I've seen a I've, little bit of I've, him. I've heard a lot of good things about. Jackson I've seen Arnold. some of his high school tape, and that kid can ball. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Jackson Arnold. Wow, it's crazy. The same high school they got Jackson Arnold from. They got the, they have the number three safety in the country, who's also the fifty seventh best player in the country. Yeah, twenty twenty three. They had a good recruiting class. I think. I think it was a top ten. Yeah. Why? Why did they show me only twenty twenty four? Why? I don't know. Yeah, I think Jackson Arnold was number three or four for quarterbacks. Obviously, um, Arch Manning, um, fourth. There you go. Obviously, Arch Manning. Uh, the kid that went to Tennessee, um, I can never remember his name, brother. I'm going to be real honest with you. Um, I think it starts with an I or his last name starts with an I. I can't pronounce it. Yeah. I can't, I can't fucking pronounce it. I've tried. struggle with his name. Uh, let's see. 2023. Arch Manning, Nico Lamavella. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not far off. I know it's close to that. No, no, no. You're right on the dot there. Dante Moore. And then Jackson, Jackson Arnold. Arnold. Jackson Arnold is the number eight, number eight player, number four quarterback. There no, you go. Number number four quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So Texas, Tennessee, and Oklahoma. Three of the best four quarterbacks from the 2023 class are going to be playing in the SEC come twenty twenty four. Boom. There you go. As well as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the top ten. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the Big Ten's trying, but the SEC SEC still has a stranglehold on shit. Oh yeah, you know I'm 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 definitely not, I'm definitely not going to deny that. Um, the SEC or the, the Big Ten will be adding the two of the top five, two of the top, two of the top five best players in the country. Um, and then uh, Miami got the number ten player in the country for 2023. Hmm. So, college football around the corner, as you can tell, with the uh, extensive conversation today about college football. Um, it's an exciting time. I'm a big college football fan. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy being able to keep up with it. And uh, I think, most of all, I think I just enjoy betting on it. It is a lot of fun. College football is a lot of fun. Look, yeah. This is like their legit schedule. Start off the season, uh, Temple, then Tulane, Texas, at Auburn, at LSU, at Missouri. <laughs> oh, okay, those are dates to be announced. I thought that was the actual order. I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah that'd be fucking crazy, dude. Um, well, Let's move on to some NFL here. We got uh, a couple things on the docket for NFL. Um, two quick things before we get to another version of schedule predictions. 
Um, Alvin Kamara, it has been released. He will be suspended for three games due to the incident that happened um, a year and a half ago at this point. Yeah. Um, there was uh, he got into like a fight at the Pro Bowl or something like that. He pushed a guy. I forget exactly what happened. Um, like I said, it's been a year and a half, but he will face a three-game suspension. So don't really have to worry about him for your fantasy team too much. You can maybe draft him second, third, fourth round, knowing that he'll be back by week four. I think I I and personally, I think second, third, and fourth round. I think that's going to be high. Um. I'm just saying you could. Yeah. You, you yeah, you definitely could. Although I do think Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller are definitely going to take away a lot of touches from him. Alvin Kamara kind of had a down year last year. Now with more of like a cuz Jamal Williams is that power back that Alvin Kamara is. Kendra Miller is like the speed finesse type of guy. Um so I could I could see I could see a realm of possibility where Alvin Kamara is kind of pushed down the pecking order. Especially, especially if Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller come out and they and they're firing out of the gate early, which which could be very very possible. I think more for Kendra Miller than it is for Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is kind of is more situational than anything else. Yeah, um, those touchdown dependent players in fantasy football they scare the hell out of me. He helped the shit out of me last season. Right, right. Like like when when you have them, they're great. But like the next season, I just like wouldn't touch them. I'll just I just want a fantasy championship with Ramondre Stevenson and Jamal Williams as my running backs. Right. Don't need to pay top dollar in fantasy football. Don't need to pay top dollar in real football. You're good to go, man. <laughs> good to go. Um other news. Uh got a question for you. Hmm. A lot of people, you've probably already seen it already, heard it talked about. I know you've seen it. I've seen it. There's a uh, video that was released from Cowboys training camp of Stephon Diggs, Stephon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs, maybe being a little disrespectful towards his quarterback. Um, I think he picked him off or pushed him out of bounds. I, I forget exactly ha- what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess Dak Prescott said something and tossed the ball at him. Trayvon Diggs threw the ball back at him, said, shut your bitch ass up. I love it, man. And then that was like that. Was I the video. fucking love it. All right, so you're here for it. You're here for Trayvon Diggs telling his quarterback, "Shut your bitch ass up." Hell yeah! I also I also don't like Dak Prescott. I don't like the Cowboys. Period. Right? That's I, fair. I cannot stand the fucking. So it Cowboys. brings you like a little joy to see the internal tor- turmoil. Yes, I enjoy seeing the internal turmoil between the Cowboys, and I also enjoy seeing it with the Chiefs. Yeah, Travis Kelsey throwing balls at at practice twice, twice already. And we're less than a week in. Yeah, he did come out and say he's got to settle down and take a, a better a better grasp of the leadership role. Right. Yeah, you can't be throwing Paul's twice in one week at training camp. Right, like, 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 like come on, guy. Like, fucking, fucking figure that shit out. Get, get a little too big over there. Right. Um, what are your thoughts behind it? I'm all for good trash talk and, like, competitive trash talk. I think this might be a little over the line for your own quarterback. I'm all for it. Um, I'm fine. Like, hey, week three, whoever they play, um, who do they play week three? Arizona. Hold on. Pause. Did you see that fucking clip? 
Uh, from Arizona? Yes. Yeah, that was hysterical. Holy shit, dude. Okay, so so if, if, if you haven't seen it, what, what, what Holman's talking about is, I believe it's Colt McCoy. Yeah. Colt McCoy. Um, veteran quarterback. Veteran, veteran quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in college football history. Uh, one of the best quarterbacks in Texas in, well, how many times did he fucking beat Oklahoma? I have no idea. Probably four times. Because <laughs> Texas was actually pretty good back then. Anyway, it's regardless. Um, Running drills in practice. He hit the DB in the back of the neck. But it was a shit show before the play, too. I know. They couldn't get anything right. It was such a fucking shit show. Hit the DB in the back of the head. I will say this. Dak Prescott has looked worse already. (laughs) Dak Prescott has looked pretty bad. He is not looking good so far. In uh in camp, threw threw a pick into double coverage against a uh, receiver who was five ten. Not advised, right? Like like that that just doesn't make any sense. Like why would you even attempt to do something like that? Um, but yeah, so I'm f- like I'm fine if Trayvon Diggs is talking shit to other teams' receivers, other teams' quarterbacks, other teams' tight ends, whoever. I'm fine with like playful, competitive trash talk, like. Um, but like on the same coin of it, like if, like if you're like if you're out here making plays against a guy who's like who, I think Dak Prescott would consider himself one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league for sure. Like if you're out here making plays against him, then that's not that's not necessarily a good thing. Like your own teammate, if you're able to torch him routinely and talk shit and he doesn't do anything back, like you must be doing something fucking right. Yeah, but I think that's just like that's just a case of like lack of respect, right? Like, I don't think that Trayvon Diggs respects Dak Prescott. I wouldn't either if I was his fucking teammate. That's that's my take from this. Is you uh, No one no one was ever saying that shit to Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Were they were they talking shit? Yeah. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have been known to talk a ton of shit. Yeah. And uh, but they're not saying disrespectful things. But you know, again, like like at the same time he like he he has a reason for being for being able to talk shit to him. I'm not saying he doesn't. I just think like like I said, you can talk shit, but just like not disrespectful. I mean, it like it was disrespectful. Like if like if you're like if you jokingly, you've told me to shut up before. You've called me an ass jokingly. You've called me a bitch jokingly. Like, like that's all. Like that's all good and fine. But like, if you throw all of that in one sentence together, like you're asking for fucking something. Let's say this: you're asking for that buy one get one free. The Janice from fucking works asking for. Let's say this: we're 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 out playing a pickup game of basketball. Yeah. You try to call a foul. I tell you to shut your bitch ass up and throw the basketball at you. How you feeling? Me? Like we're friends? You know it depends. Um, you're in the heat of the moment. You're in a competitive atmosphere. Someone tells you to shut your bitch ass up and throws the ball at you. Heat, heat of the moment. You're not getting up. Yeah, you're pissed. Uh, you're not getting up. That's what I'm saying. You're pissed. Like, if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm pissed. Like, that's like, too far. Like, uh, fair. If 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 you're in my face, heat of the moment, and you say and you say that to me, I'll break your fucking orbital bone. That's what I'm saying. You now, I send your shot into the crowd. I tell you to get that shit out of here. All right, good block. Fuck. I'm still mad, but 
that you can talk shit without being disrespectful. Do you think? He, do you think he meant it to be disrespectful though? Do you think that was like the intent behind it, or do you think that was just like him talking in the moment, not really recognizing what he was saying? Like, 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 like how, how, how would you interpret it? Like, on the surface, okay, I get how it looks, right? Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, like, how would you say that it is? I'm just, I'm, 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 genu- I'm genuinely curious. Do you think he was intending to be disrespectful, or again, do you think it was just something in the heat of the moment and? He just said it. I think it was a lot of heat of the moment. Um, and Trayvon Diggs being a competitor got a little carried away. Um, but if I'm Dax Prescott, A, I'm not taking that shit. And B, I don't give a fuck what the coach calls. Next play, we're running what I want to so I can torch you. Like, I'm C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, don't care, whatever, whoever you, whoever has Trayvon Diggs, you will fucking burn him. I'm going to feed you this football, and as I run by him, I'm going, shh. Because I'm talking shit back. My question, my question then on that is, who do you, like, who do you think would win that battle at that point? Do you think Dak Prescott would win, or do you think Trayvon Diggs would win? I think both are incredibly overrated in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, incredibly overrated. But my question is, who do you think wins that battle? I mean, I think they both win. Would you? Trayvon Diggs wins because he got under Dak Prescott's skin. Dak Prescott wins because he had the last laugh. That one rep. That one rep. If, they, if, if Dak Prescott says, okay, we're running my fucking play. Who wins that rep? Dak Prescott acting out of emotion, or Trevon Diggs acting on swagger. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think they both. I, I think they both win. Like, I think that could. You gotta be careful acting out of emotion, but I think it shows a little bit of leadership from Dak Prescott mm. taking shit personally, like not letting people walk all over you. I, I'm okay with that. You got to be careful walking out of them. It's a that's a fine line to walk. But I'm okay with it. Like, you come out and like. Defense is just kicking your ass. Yeah, you get the you get the boys together on the sideline. Be like, all right, fellas, it's time to take this shit personal. Like they're beating the shit out of us, and we're just letting them. Like, what what are we doing? It's time it's time to take this personal. Let's fucking go on me. I got us. Yeah. Boom. That's that's a leadership talk right there. I'm all about that. I think you're missing the point of what I'm asking. No, and you're I, saying that one rep. Yeah, like, I think they both win. No, 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 no. That rep happens. Who wins that rep? Does Trevon Diggs win that rep, or does the receiver win that rep? I think Trevon. I think I think Trevon Diggs is unless it's CD. Trevon Diggs is better than every other every other receiver they got there. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like that's the point is like that receiver has to win that rep. Like you're telling him go win this rep. Yeah, he, I mean, I mean, he, he would he would have he would have to win the rep. Yeah, like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, if he doesn't win that rep, you look like a bitch. Mm-hmm. I just hate the fucking Cowboys, dude. I could tell. I do not like the Cowboys. You want them to lose? I do. <laughs> like, it's not your fucking year, okay? I'll tell you that right now. It's not true. Who do you want to lose more, them or the Bengals? Bengals. 
right. Because the Cowboys have been this delusional for a while, and like they'll admit that they're delusional. It's like kind of laughable at this point, right? Like I was like I was good friends with the Cowboys fan when I worked at Lowe's, and he admit like he would tell me all the time that they are delusional. Like we're past the point of of it being annoying, right? Like it's annoying, okay, but now they do it for the sake of being annoying because that's just the Cowboys fan, and like they'll admit when they're being annoying. But Bengals fans legitimately think they have a fucking argument. It's fair. So, anyway, we got schedule predictions this week. Schedule. Schedule. NFC West this this week. Uh, we'll be finishing up with the AFC West next week, and then schedule predictions will be done that you can go ahead and get ready to bet on those division winner parlays that we are drawing up for you here. We're going to start off with the Seattle Seahawks. A lot of this has already been decided. only thing we're going to decide is just division games now at this point. Perfect. Okay. So, week number one, Seattle Seahawks taking on the LA Rams in Seattle. Um, I think I personally like Seattle here. I do too. I think I think a home game they'll start the season off right. Um, I just don't know who on that Rams defense is going to stop that offense. Besides Aaron Donald, but only but he can only do so much, you know. Right. So Seattle's kind of uh, kind of down bad here to start the season. We have. Three straight losses heading into their bye week. Losses against Detroit in Detroit, at home versus Carolina, at the Giants, heading into the bye week, and then taking another loss at Cincinnati, heading into a home game in week seven in week seven against the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're right to ship and take a dub here. Yep, I would agree. Especially after seeing how bad Arizona looked in that fucking video. Yeah, dude. that's that's like I like. I've wanted, never even seen the Browns look that bad. I wanted to be somewhat optimistic about the Cardinals. Like they can't be that bad this year. But after that, and again, it's one. That's one rep. Okay. Like there's always one bad rep at camp that gets highlighted. And people are like, you they're just, gonna suck. You just broke your I arm. Did, yeah. It was. Like, it was like when Jamar Chase kept dropping passes. People yeah. Were like he's not fucking ready. Even he. Even he said like it's easier to catch a co- like a college ball. And now he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Well, so. to be fair, he was a rookie. Colt McCoy is not. <laughs> well. True. I think Clayton Tooney gets to start anyway. He should. Yeah. Um, week number... Okay, well, I'll finish going over what we got going over here. Week number eight, they get back to the losing ways and pick up a loss against the Cleveland Browns at home. Going a little bit of a... Uh, um, Beltway winning streak, winning in Baltimore, and then winning a game against Washington in week number 10, coming to LA in week number 11 to take on the Rams again. I don't know if I see them sweeping the Rams. Neither do I. Yeah, I don't. I, I think there's only one team that's that has the possibility to sweep opponents, and we'll get to them in a second. I think you can already probably guess who I think that is. Um, yeah, you can probably already kind of see who that one team is on the screen. Yeah, they um, look polar opposites. We're about to be talking about them right now. Actually, that is the Seattle uh, Seattle Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers. In Seattle for week number 12. See, call me crazy, but that's a short week. Um, tends to benefit the home team. I kind of like Seattle here. Yeah, it, it, it does tend to benefit the home team. Look, I also say that because I don't <laughs> think San Francisco is going 17-0. No, neither do I. But... Um, they don't have a very hard schedule for a team. They that, really don't, surprisingly. They just was in the NFC Championship. They really don't. Well, um, it helps when you have that as your sixth divisional opponent. Right. 
Uh, week number 13, they're going to be taking on the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, taking a loss there. Coming back to San Francisco to take on the, the 49ers in week number 14. They'll pick up this win here. The 49ers. Yeah, well, 49ers yes. as well, yes. That brings us to... Pretty much finishes up the rest of the season here for Seattle. Minus one game. We have losses at home versus Philadelphia. Win on the road to Tennessee. A win against Pittsburgh at home. Taking on Arizona in the final week of the season. Both teams are going to be out of it now at this point. Um, I don't think Seattle. I don't think. I don't think Arizona is going to lose every game. Kyler will be back by this point. I, 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 I think I might give it to Arizona at this point. I still want to give it to Seattle. Look, let me say this. Like you said. Arizona's already out of it. Yeah. Why the hell would you bring Kyler Murray back? That's a good point. I mean, genuinely speaking, we have one, two, three, four, five games undecided for Arizona, this being one of them. They don't have a single win yet. There's not yet. a shred of green on that on the screen. Not a shred of it. I think they lose this one. You don't really got to talk me into it too much. Um, we had an 0-17 team last year. I have a feeling we're going to have another one this year. Which we were wrong. So Arizona will probably win a game or two. Maybe three, but... You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, you know what? We'll, well, let's see. How many How many wins did I make for Seattle? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wins for Seattle, surprisingly. I don't think that's fair. I think they have a little bit of a drop-off. I do, too. You're not going to see Geno Smith have the season that he just had. No. Again. So there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off. Still a very talented roster. I think 8-9 and nine is very achievable. Maybe even 9-8. and eight. Yeah. Yeah. Any one of those any one of those games could go another way. Um, you know, the game against Carolina could go another way. Cleveland. Sure. sure. Uh, they could also get swept by San Fran. They could. Uh, the girls to sweep San Fran because anything can happen. <laughs> anything can fucking happen. So you know what? We'll we'll go ahead, we'll go ahead and talk about him right. We'll go ahead and talk about him here. Um, I guess I guess the easy thing to say is does Arizona actually lose every game or do you think they have the? So I don't think they have a chance in hell against San Francisco. I think they sneak one out home against the Rams. Okay, I was I was I was going to say I I think the same thing. Like if they're beating a team in this division this year, I think it is the Rams. Because the Rams just don't have a very good defense. No. Okay, so we're going to say they, they snag a home game against the Rams. Right? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. And they lose every other game. Yes. I also, I just fear for the Rams, like, staying healthy long term. Yeah, that, t- that team is pretty up there and with uh, tenure. Like, genuinely, I don't think Matthew Stafford... Or Sean McVay are coming back after this season. No. Neither is Aaron Donald. No. <clears throat> okay, well, you know, now I guess this this is probably the easiest one that we that, that we were gonna do the entire time was the West, because like, you know, like we kinda knew there was one team that's gonna dominate, one team that's gonna be fucking abysmal. So my question for you now is do you think LA sneaks a win against San Francisco? I think they do early in the season. Week two. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, week two. Um everybody's mostly healthy. Yeah. Sn- snag, Bar- a, snag a game at home. 
barring there's no significant injuries, everyone's pretty healthy. Um, who knows who's going to be playing quarterback for uh, San Francisco at that point? That's a very good point, too. Trey Lance looks like shit so far from everything that I've heard. Um, I've heard he's looked better. I've I've heard, like, they're looking to trade him. Well, I, I could have told you that. I th- well, yeah. I, th- I think... Um, I think having, I think they feel more confident having Sam Donald as a backup as opposed to yeah Trey Lance is number three Trey Lance even though uh, Trey Lance is better than Sam Donald the the talent is there more for Trey Lance than this for Sam Donald Trey Lance is more talented than Sam Donald I don't know that he's better that's like saying I think Lamar Jackson is more talented than Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes is better oh well, okay that's fair um, I know we're it, weird to compare. Sam Darnold and Trey Lance to Patrick Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson, but that was just the most like off the top of the head applicable thing that I could think of. That's fair. Why fifteen and two is off to the left while everything's off? I don't know. I was literally just looking at that. It's kind of bugging the shit out of me, and it's not even my spreadsheet. Fuck it. I don't know. I just work here. I can only I can only fucking do so much. Um, so as of right now, San Francisco will be the number one seed in the NFC. Um, they will have a first round bye. It's not even close. Um, do I think San Francisco goes fifteen and two? I think that may be a stretch. Um, just the way we just the way we had the rest of the schedule goes, it's kind of it's <clears> kind of how we had to do it. Thirteen and four, I feel like is probably more realistic. Realistic, yeah. Um. That's like th- thirteen and four mark, fourteen and three, twelve and five, some something in that in that realm, I think is much, much more realistic. I mean, some games that I think they could lose, I think they look, they could lose in Pittsburgh week one. They could. There's that's a very real possibility. Sure. Um they could lose to Cincinnati, they could lose to Jacksonville, could lose to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and they could lose to Baltimore. So I mean, there is the potential for them to add on another four losses. Eleven and six. I think that's I think that's low. I think that's like the basement level for them. I think that's like the basement expectations. Eleven wins for San Francisco. Um, anything lower than that, I think I think would be considered a failure. I think they did surprisingly get a schedule break, being that they were in the NFC Championship last year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, if if, if you look at it, you know, they got a so of course they're playing the AFC uh, AFC North. Um, they're playing at Cleveland, so that's definitely going to be a tough game. And at Pittsburgh, hosting Cincinnati and Baltimore, the t- caught a break there. Yeah, def- definitely caught a break there because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you go. I mean, pe- people will shit on Baltimore and say, "Oh, fucking Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase." Think it's funny to shit on Baltimore, saying it's not that loud. But Baltimore's a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati does seem like a tough place to play as well. And of course, you know, going to going going to Cleveland and going to Pittsburgh, those aren't going to be cakewalks either. I'd rather go there than Cincinnati and Baltimore. <sighs> I'd rather go to Cincinnati than Pittsburgh. Mm, okay. I think Baltimore and Pittsburgh have the two best home field advantages in the in the division. I think I think they're all really close. Um, but I just think. I th- I think it's Baltimore and Pittsburgh personally, fair, and I'd rather go to Baltimore before I go go to Pittsburgh. Yeah, because the wind fucking swirls. It's hard. unless you're Justin Tucker and Chris Boswell, it's hard as shit to kick out there. It's facts. Yeah, 
They're the only two that can really do it consistently. So it almost eliminates like a whole other <laughs> half of the field. Right. <coughs> yeah, so 15 and 2 might be a little high for them. Uh, like I said, I think it's it's the way it goes. I still think the division champ. I still don't really think it's close. I think the only team that could possibly get close is Seattle. Seattle could win a few more games than we actually had them um had them winning. Um yeah, I don't see the Rams going any higher than 8 and 9. Nope. Maybe maybe one game in the opposite direction, 9 and 8, but I I, th- I think that's probably the the high mark for the for the Rams. Yeah. I wonder what their win total is. I want to take uh, the over under. Yeah, I want to take a peek. See how we've done in comparison to Vegas. Curious. Uh, of course, I will be using FanDuel Sportsbook, the unofficial official sportsbook of Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. Uh, it's 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 that's the official sportsbook for the Holman side of the Sports Lab. Fanatic Sportsbook is the official sponsor of. The una- no, the- I don't want to do horse racing. Get out of here. No. Get out of here. I don't. I don't want to do sports racing or horse racing. Uh, four-time defensive end pro bowler Matthew Judon of the Patriots reached an agreement on a contract adjustment Good for him. that will take his original $2 million guaranteed for 2023 to $14 million fully guaranteed in 2023. The adjustment improved the original 2021 deal that will allow Judon to make up to $18 million this year. No new years were added to the contract. Hmm. Um, I don't see... Ah, here we go. Season awards, season special, season leaders, record breakers, win totals. Here we go. Um, Arizona Cardinals, they have them at over four and a half. Okay, so we're under there. Their line is four and a half. Atlanta Falcons, eight and a half. Seven. All right. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, ten and a half. It's worth 12. Buffalo Bills, 10.5. 11. Carolina Panthers, 7.5. 8. Chicago Bears, 7.5. When the fuck do we have Chicago winning 10 games? <laughs> <laughs> Chicago, we got with 10 wins, so that's 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 interesting. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, 11.5. 11. Boom. Cleveland Browns, nine and a half. Eight. Boom. Dallas Cowboys, nine and a half. Ten. Boom. Um, Pretty good so far. We have not done the Broncos yet, correct? Correct. Um, The Lions, nine and a half. Ten. Boom. There we go. All right. Green Bay Packers, seven and a half. Seven. We're fucking on point right now. Boom. Houston Texans, six and a half. Six? Fucking A, man. We're right. fucking heaters. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, six and a half. Five. Not too far That's off there. not too far off. Yeah. Jaguars, nine and a half. Uh, we have them at 11. Still game and a half away. Haven't done the Chiefs. Haven't done the Raiders. Haven't done the Chargers. Uh, Rams, six and a half. Uh, we have an eight. There we go. Dolphins, nine and a half. Seven. All right. Minnesota Vikings, eight and a half. Ah, uh, theirs is low. Five wins. Oof. All right, there's a rough one. We were we were due for it. Uh, New England Patriots, seven and a half. 
A six. Okay. New Orleans Saints, nine and a half. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York Giants, seven and a half. Giants, Giants, Giants. Ten wins. All right. Jets, nine and a half. Nine wins. Boom, there fucking it is. Uh, Eagles, eleven and a half. Eleven. Uh, Pittsburgh Squealers, eight and a half. Nine wins. Kind of good at this. Niners, ten and a half. We crushed yeah, that one. Crushed that one. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, eight and a half. They're at eight. Boom. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six and a half. <laughs> six. Uh, Tennessee Titans, seven and a half. <laughs> Four. Uh, well. Um, and the Mandy's six and a half. We have them at eight. We got a lot of them right. Well, it's not really it's not really a matter of being right or wrong. Well, yeah, it's just we're 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 kind of on the same same wavelength as a lot of the sports books. Uh, Bengals and linebacker Logan Wilson agreed on a four year extension worth up to thirty seven point two five million dollars. I don't give a fuck about the Bengals. Comes on an average of eleven point two five over the first two years. I don't really care. Well. Keep spending money on middle linebacker. You won't be able to afford T. Higgins after paying uh, Logan Wilson. Well, he's still going to pay Joe Burrow. I know. And Joe Burrow's going to want more than uh, Justin Herbert. Financial warfare at its finest. We've been talking about fucking playing it for fucking how long now? Yeah. You won't be able to afford T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, Logan Wilson, and Jamar Chase. Nope, sure won't. T. Higgins, I'm sorry, buddy. I think you're on the way out. Joe Mixon definitely is. I know they just restructured to get his salary down, but they're they're yeah. gonna have to cut somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, buddy. Let's go ahead and get on out of here. Get on with the weekend. You enjoy the Barbie movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give an update on how that is next Friday. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll be back in next Friday. Like I said, no Tuesday episode. Um, we got our final uh, final schedule prediction. Yep. The AFC West. Um, and then we'll start getting into uh some fantasy football content with that starting up here shortly. Um, you know, maybe some players we like, don't like, um, some potential draft strategies for you. Maybe some uh some rankings of uh positions who we like for fantasy. Yeah, if there's if the you know, uh, I know a lot of the people that listen to this, they they do play fantasy football. Um, you know, if there, if there's anything in particular you guys want us to talk about, you know, let us know, send us a DM, uh, Twitter, Instagram, text us. It don't really matter. Yeah, text us individually, uh, at poppy at PHSL at poppy and Holman sports Lab. at poppy and Holman uh, SL. SL. Yep. On Twitter and Instagram, send us a DM. Let us, let us know if there's something in particular you guys want us to talk about. Um, and uh, we'll definitely be happy to address it. Fantasy football is something that I fucking live for. So I'm fucking revved up and ready to go for that shit. Did you see the meme I put in? Uh, I think I sent it to you. Um, You and Reno in the chat. No. Uh, did I put it in there? Or did I put it in with... Uh... Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did see that. I that every every time I go to talk about sports and steps right there, I know that's how she fucking looks at me. It says how my wife sees me when I'm prepping for my fantasy football draft, and then it's just a picture of Todd from Wedding Crashers. There you go. Oh, maybe you guys can see it. 
Yeah, Maybe he, you can't. I don't he, know. I tried. Don't tell, got, don't say I didn't try. Yeah, you can you can kind of see it. But yeah, that's how it is. Like overly obsessive. Like I like. It's almost like the guy like in his fucking boxers who hasn't moved out of his basement for like four weeks. It's almost kind of sad. <laughs> oh yeah, it's almost sad. Just to keep track of how men play a game, and then <laughs> bitch and complain if it doesn't go our way. Oh yeah, I'm miserable. Oh, I'm miserable. Okay, last closing remarks. Are you more miserable when you lose in fantasy or more miserable when the Ravens lose on Sundays? Fantasy. Fantasy? I am too. Because. I get, I get way more bent out of shape when, we, when I lose I have fantasy. money invested in that damn fantasy team. Like, I'm playing for money. And, I mean, I got to go to work either way. <laughs> Like, yeah. whether the Ravens lose or not, I'm still going to work. Whether I lose in fantasy or not, I'm going to work. The only difference is I can win money if I win in fantasy. That's true. That's very true. So, yeah, much more upset um, when I lose in fantasy. Yeah, losing in fantasy football almost, like, takes me down like a whole fucking octave for a week. Also depends on who I play. Yeah, there are some people who I just, I'm, I'm like, pissed if I fucking lose to. If I lose to you... I'm not upset. Yeah, it's not it's not really a big deal. Because I know that I lost to somebody that actually knows shit about fuck. And you also you also know that you're sitting in the same room as somebody when they're fucking drafting their team. Yeah. And you're providing input to them about their team. Yeah. So, so you're pretty much losing to half of your team. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's some I don't like losing to. Doesn't sit well. If you listen to the podcast and you know the league and you, you fucking know the people. You know who you don't like losing to. <laughs> you know who you do not like losing to. Uh, exactly. Let's get on out of here. Have ourselves a good weekend. You guys have a good weekend as well. Have a good week. Like you said, we'll be back on Friday. Stay safe. Make good choices. And as always, guys, we'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks, guys. We'll see you.